Welcome to Zichru Daf Siman, member by Ram Golder, and today we're Baba Kama, Daf Mem Gimel, the fourth parak Shorsha Nagach. The fourth parak has been generously sponsored with Zichru Nishmas, Rosh Hadvorabas Arna Kohen Al Hashem. May your neshama have an aliyah. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara quoted a Bryce teaching that damages to a woman who died before collecting are paid to her heirs. Since such payment should be awarded to the husband, Rabbi explained the Bryce refers to a grusha. The Gemara asks, grusha nami tifuk vados. A divorcee should also divide the value of the lost offspring with her former husband. Yet, the Bryce had taught that the husband is awarded the entire payment. Rabbi answers, The Torah awarded the value of the offspring to the husband, meaning the one from whom she conceived. Even if he had relations with her out of wedlock and was not her husband. This is because the Torah used the term the husband of the woman, the word Baal implying relations. Pointing to Rishwakish said, If an ox killed a slave unintentionally, where the ox is not killed, the owner is pater from paying 30 shkon, because the Torah wrote, 30 shkon he shall pay its master, and the ox shall be stoned, implying that the two laws are interdependent. Rabbi said the same regarding kofer. If an ox killed a free person unintentionally, he is pata from paying kofer. There too, the Torah juxtaposed the two laws, teaching that wherever the ox is not killed, the owner does not pay kofer. Rashi notes that this ruling disagrees with the Tan Rebeliezer, who specifically exempted a Tan from paying chetzi kofer for unintentional killing, as well as another brisa. Abai challenged Rabbah from a Brisa teaching that one who admits that his ox killed someone is liable, even though the ox is not killed, based on his admission. Rabbi answers that the Brisa refers to paying damages for the person's death, not Kofar. On the next Ahmed, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochan disagrees with both rulings. And pointing with you, Rabbah taught that where one's ox killed unintentionally, the owner does not pay Kofar, but is still obligated to pay damages. Rabbah asked them, Yohaki Isha Shobah Kavana Abiyadim Nishalam Damim. If so, then one who killed unintentionally with his fire, according to witnesses who testified as such, should pay damages. Rashi explains that he's putter for intentional killing because of the principle of Kamalei bin Rabi Mineh. After the Gemara concedes that there is no source that one is not liable for damages for unintentional killing by fire, it explains that Rabbi was asking if one is liable for such damages. Do we say that damages are only paid for unintentional killing by an ox because the owner pays Kofor for its intentional killing, whereas fire for which one does not pay Kofor for killing intentionally with it would also not pay damages for unintentionally killing with it? Or do we say that just as one pays damages for an ox's unintentional killing, so too he pays for his fire's unintentional killing. The question is left unresolved. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara had quoted a Bryce teaching that damages to a woman who died before collecting are paid to her heirs. Since such payment should be awarded to the husband, Rabbi explained the Bryce refers to a grusha. The Gemara asks, A divorcee should also divide the value of the lost offspring with her former husband. Yet, the Bryce had taught that the husband is awarded the entire payment. Rabbi answers, The Torah awarded the value of the offspring to the husband, meaning the one from whom she conceived. Even if he had relations with her out of wedlock and was not her husband. This is because the Torah used the term the husband of the woman, the word Baal implying relations. Pointing to Rishwakish said, If an ox killed a slave unintentionally, where the ox is not killed, the owner is pater from paying 30 shkon, because the Torah wrote, 30 shkon he shall pay its master, and the ox shall be stoned, implying that the two laws are interdependent. 
Rabbi said the same regarding Kofir. If an ox killed a free person unintentionally, he is putter from paying Kofir. There too, the Torah juxtaposed the two laws, teaching that wherever the ox is not killed, the owner does not pay Kofir. Rashi notes that this ruling disagrees with the Tan Rebbe Yezer, who specifically exempted a Tan from paying Chetzi Kofir for unintentional killing, as well as another Brisa. Abai challenged Rabbah from a Brisa, teaching that one who admits that his ox killed someone is liable, even though the ox is not killed, based on his admission. Rabbi answers that the Brisa refers to paying damages for the person's death, not Kofir. On the next Ahmed, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochan disagrees with both rulings. And pointing with you, Rabbah taught that where one's ox killed unintentionally, the owner does not pay Kofir, but is still obligated to pay damages. Rabbah asked them, damim. If so, then one who killed unintentionally with his fire, according to witnesses who testified as such, should pay damages. Rashi explains that he's putter for intentional killing because of the principle of Kamalei bin Rabbi Mineh. After the Gemara concedes that there is no source that one is not liable for damages for unintentional killing by fire, it explains that Rabbi was asking if one is liable for such damages. Do we say that damages are only paid for unintentional killing by an ox because the owner pays Kofor for its intentional killing, whereas fire for which one does not pay Kofor for killing intentionally with it would also not pay damages for unintentionally killing with it? Or do we say that just as one pays damages for an ox's unintentional killing, so too he pays for his fire's unintentional killing? The question is left unresolved. All right, so now we go to Simon Daf Mem Gimon. Our standard Simon is a magazine. A magazine. So here goes. The Baal who bought a subscription to Nazikin magazine with some of the Deme Vlados he received finished reading that a shore that kills a slave or Ben Chorin without Kavana gets to live and his owner is Pater from paying Shoshim Shkalim and Kofair, and was engrossed in an article discussing whether damages are paid for unintentionally killing by fire. Once again, slow motion. The Baal who bought a subscription to Nazikin magazine, magazine, that must be more enough, Mem Gimel. The Baal who bought a subscription to Nazikin magazine with some of the Mevlados he received, which reminds us, Rapapa explains the Torah Zixa de Mevlados Rabal. The Torah awarded the value of the offspring to the husband, meaning meaning the one from whom the woman conceived, Afil Baalhebaznus, even if he had relations with her out of wedlock and was not her husband. This is because the Torah used the term Baal Isha, the husband of the woman, the word Baal implying relations. So the Baal who bought a subscription to Nazikin magazine with some of the Mevlados he received, Finished reading that a shore that kills a slave of Ben Khorin without Kavana gets to live, and his owner is putter from paying Shoshim Shkalim and Kofer, which reminds us, Rishwakish said, Shor Shehemi says that Evich Loba Kavana, if an ox killed a slave unintentionally, where the ox is not killed, Patama Shoshim Shkalim, the owner is putter from paying through Shkalim because the Torah wrote, Kesav Shoshim Shkalim, Yitan Adunav, Vashor Yisakel. He shall pay its master, and the ox shall be stoned, implying that the two laws are interdependent. Rabbah said the same regarding Kofer. If an ox killed a free person unintentionally, he is exempt from paying Kofer. There too, the Torah juxtaposed the two laws, teaching that wherever the ox is not killed, the owner does not pay Kofer. So the Baal who bought a subscription to Nazikin magazine with some of the Demevlados he received, finished reading that a shore that kills a slave or Ben Horn without Kavana gets to live, and his owner is putter from paying Shoshim Shkalim and Kofer, and was engrossed in an article discussing whether damages are paid for unintentionally killing by fire, which reminds us the more discusses if damages are paid for unintentionally killing by fire. 
So once again, the Baal who bought a subscription to Nazika magazine with some of the, the Mevrados he received. Finished reading that a shore that kills a slave or Ben Horn without Kavana gets to live, and his owner is Pater from paying Shoshim Shkalim and Kofer, and was engrossed in an article discussing whether damages are paid for unintentionally killing by fire. All right, so now it's time for Four Blabach Hazar. Daflamates. So the similar Daflamates is a letter, and we often use a mailman in the simon. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be more in Daflamates. Letter. The mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox, which reminds the more discusses if damages of an incompetent person's mood are collected from him or his apitropus. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain a muad, which reminds us in a brisa about an owner who became incompetent or traveled abroad. Sumko said, It remains in its tum state, until they testify about it before the owners. But the Chamim say we appoint an apitropus and accept testimony about the oxen in his presence. If the owner returns a competency, Sumka says, Chazot Muso, it returns to its tum state. But Yossi says, Chazkaso, it remains in its current muad state. Since Sumka is made clear in the second case that the ox did become a muad, the Gemara reinterprets the statement in the first case, Muso, it remains in its entirety, meaning we do not reduce his ownership of it by collecting half damages from its body. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain Amuad was notified that because he only did a shmir b'chusa, he was chayv chasinezek because of tzad tamus bimkoma omedes, which reminds us, in a bright where Yaakov said that the ox of an incompetent person pays half damages. Rav explains the case is Amuad, which he guarded with a shmir b'chusa, an inferior guarding. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yudu holds on Daf Mem Hey Tzad Tamus Bim Koma Umedes. The Tam portion of a Muad remains in its place, such that half of the full payment retains the halachas of Tam. He further holds like Rabbi Yehuda there that although an inferior guarding does not exempt a Tam from half damages, it does exempt a Muad from full damages. Daf Mem. So the Simon Daf Mem relates to Mayim water, and we use a pool. So here goes the Apotropa is watching Yisomim in the pool. Pool that must be on Daf Mem Mayim. The Alpatrope is watching Yisomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not chayv and kofir, which reminds us, Abraissa teaches where an Alpatropus was appointed over orphans oxen, kofir is not paid for a mood killing someone. This time it holds kufr kapara, kofir payment is an atonement, and orphans who are minors need no atonement. The Gemara brings Malchogos regarding whose value is paid in kofir, the value of the nizak or the mazik. So the Alpatrope is watching Yisomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not chayv and kofir, was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam, discovered the shore was a muad, indicating Rishus Enemashana, which reminds us it was taught in a brisa, Shal Becheska's tam, if one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tam, the nimsa muad, and it was found to be a muad, the owner pays half damages and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tam, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower. The Gemara clarifies the cases where the borrower discerned initially the animal's violent nature. So the Apotropa's watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not chayv and kofir, was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam discover the shore was a muad, indicating rishus enamashane, while another ox the lifeguard bored that became a muad in his rishus reverted to becoming a tam when returned to the owner, which reminds us in the bright side just mentioned the animal remained a muad when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds rishus enamashane. The change in rishus does not change the ox's status. The Gemara asks that the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If it became muad in the borrower's house and he returned to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. 
This proves the animal reverts to tum status when it changes to the owner's rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the prices are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Two more answers are brought. Daf Mem Alf. So the similar Daf Mem Alf is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma, grandma, that must mean we're on Daf Mem Alf, ma. The grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that her killer short tum became a muad after the three people had injured all died. After the third goring, which reminds us, the more discusses how an ox can become a mood to kill people before being stoned. Since the tum is killed, how can it become a mood to kill people? Seven answers are offered and four remain, one being Kagon Shesikin Adam, where it mortally injured three people who died after the third goring, rendering the ox a mood then and obligating its owner in Kofar. So the grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that a killer short tum became a mood after the three people had injured all died, after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely Asr which reminds us of Bryce to discuss the laws of a Shohan Niskal, a condemned ox. Since it's stoned to death, it's obvious that it cannot be eaten, so why does the Torah need to write, Lo its flesh shall not be eaten? It teaches, if he shakted it after its sentence was finalized, but before it was stoned, it's forbidden in consumption. We learn from Baal Shor Naki that the Shor is also Asr, so the grandma who was saddened when she was informed that her killer short tongue became a mood after the three people had injured all died after the third goring and that she could no longer eat it and it was now completely got some good news that she didn't have to pay Chatsi Kofer when another short tongue of hers intended to kill an animal and inadvertently killed a Jew, which reminds us, in a bright it was taught, the Pasik says Ubal Shornaki and the ox's owner is absolved from payment, which Ribaliezer explains, Naki Machazi Kofer. The owner of a tum is absolved from paying half Kofer. Ribaliezer gave different explanations of the case, one being where the ox intended to kill an animal or Gentile, and it inadvertently killed a Jew for which it's not killed, but would pay Kofer. Daf Mem base. So the similar Daf Mem base is a mobster. So here goes. When the ox running away from the mobsters, mobsters, that must mean we're in Duff. Membeis. When the ox running away from the mobsters who were trying to steal it charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, which reminds us of Yosei Darshan's Balashur Naki to teach Naki Midmei Vlados. He's absolved from paying for offspring lost when his ox attacked a pregnant woman. So when the ox running away from the mobsters who were trying to steal it charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, and into a slave, which reminds us, in another bright story, Bikiba Darshan's Balashor Naki to teach Naki Midme Evet, he's absolved from payment of 30 shkalim for his oxes killing a slave. So when the ox running away from the mobsters who are trying to steal it, charged into a pregnant woman killing her and the fetus, and into a slave, the owner was put on the fetus and the slave, and paid cover for the woman to her yorshim. Not her husband. Which reminds us, in a bright it was taught, the Pusik says, the Hamis ish o isha, and it killed a man or woman, indicating a comparison between the two. Bikiva explains that since we already know from elsewhere that Kofar is paid for killing a woman, the Pusik is teaching Ma'ish Nazakav Yorshav, just as regarding a man, his damage payments are given to his heirs if he dies before they're paid, of Isha Nazakav Yorshav, so too regarding a woman, her damage payments are given to her heirs, not her husband. All right, so now it's time to conclude with a pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you learn the Rebekiba Darshans from Bahashor Naki to teach Naki Midmei Evet? He's absolved from payment of 30 shkalim for his ox killing a slave. That's on Duff. Membeis. Good. Number two, which stuff do you learn that orphans are not chayv and kofra and the Gemara brings a machok is how kofra is evaluated according to the value of the nizok or the mazik? That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number three. Which stuff do you have a question of damages are paid for unintentionally killing by fire? That's on Duff. 
Mem Gimel. Good number four. Which of the Rabbi Yossi Aglili Darshans from Bahashor Naki to teach? Naki Midme Vrados. He's absolved from paying for offspring loss when his ox attacked a pregnant woman. That's on Duff. Membez. Good number five. Which of the one that a non-Jew whose short tongue damages a Jew's ox has to pay? Whereas when a Jew's ox damages a non-Jew's ox, the Jew does not have to pay. That's on Duff. Good. Number six. Which of the one the Torah awarded to Mevladus to the Baal, even if he had relations with a woman out of wedlock? That's on Duff. Mem Gimel. Good. Number seven. Which stuff do we discuss why an ox that became a mood in the borrower's shoes becomes a tum when returned to the owner? That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number eight. Which stuff do we discuss how an ox can become a mood to kill people before being stoned when even as a tum it's stoned if it kills someone? That's on Duff. Memov. Good number nine. Which stuff do we see that Kush does not withhold schar from any creature, even reward for fine speech, which we learned from Lot's daughters? That's on Duff. Good. Number 10. Which of the one if an ox killed an Ebed or Ben Chorin without Kavana, it lives, and one is not a Chayv Shoshim Shkalim and Kofer? That's on Dav. Mem Gimel. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Goldhart from Zikhu wishing you a great day and great learning.